1: I was watching them, and such fury seemed to take hold of her, that I thought my hour had come. Man, have you dared? she said in an intense whisper and snatching at her girdle. Now in her hand shone a knife, and I knew that it was destined for my heart. Then in this sore danger, my wit came back to me, and as she advanced, I stretched out my shaking hand, saying... "'Oh, of your pity, give me to drink. "'The fever burns me, it burns.' "'And I looked round like one bewildered "'who sees not, repeating, "'Give me drink, you who are called guardian.' "'And I fell back exhausted. "'She stopped like a hawk in its stoop "'and swiftly sheathed the dagger. "'Then taking a bowl of milk "'that stood on a table near her, "'she held it to my lips, searching my face.' "'the while with their flaming eyes, "'for indeed passion, rage, and fear "'had lit them till they seemed to flame. "'I drank the milk in great gulps, "'though never in my life did I find it more hard to swallow. "'You tremble,' she said. "'Have dreams haunted you?' "'Ay, friend,' I answered. "'Dreams of that fearsome precipice and of the last leap. "Aught else?' she asked. Nay, is it not enough? Oh, what a journey to have taken to befriend a queen! To befriend a queen? she repeated, puzzled. What means the man? You swear you have had no other dreams? Ay, I swear by the symbol of life, and the mount of the wavering flame, and by yourself, O queen, from the ancient days. Then I sighed and pretended to swoon, for I could think of nothing else to do. As I closed my eyes, I saw her face, that had been red as dawn, turn pale as eve, for my words and all which might lie behind them had gone home. Moreover, she was in doubt, for I could hear her fingering the handle of the dagger. Then she spoke aloud. Words for my ears, if they still were open. I am glad, she said, that he dreamed no other dreams. Since had he done so, and babbled of them, it would have been ill-omened. And I do not wish that one who has traveled far to visit us should be hurled to the death-dogs for burial, one, moreover, who, although old and hideous, still has the air of a wise and silent man. Now while I shivered at these unpleasant hints, though what the death-dogs in which people were buried might be, I could not conceive, to my intense joy I heard the foot of the guardian on the stairs, heard him too enter the room, "'and saw him bow before the lady. "'How go these sick men, niece?' "'Footnote, I found later that the khania, a teen, "'was not Simbris' niece, but his great-niece, "'on the mother's side.' "'End of footnote,' he said in his cold voice. "'They swoon, both of them,' she answered. "'Indeed, is it so? "'I thought otherwise, I thought they woke.' "'What have you heard, Shaman?' she asked angrily. I, Oh, I heard the grating of a dagger in its sheath, and the distant baying of the death hounds.' "'And what have you seen, Shaman?' she asked again, looking through the gate you guard. "'Strange sight, Kania, my niece. But men awake from swoons.' "'Aye!' she answered. So while this one sleeps, bear him to another chamber, for he needs change, and the lord yonder needs more space and untainted air. The guardian, whom she called shaman or magician, held a lamp in his hand, and by its light it was easy to see his face, which I watched out of the corner of my eyes. I thought that it wore a very strange expression, one moreover that alarmed me somewhat. From the beginning I had misdoubted me of this old man, whose cast of countenance was vindictive, as it was able. Now I was afraid of him. To which chamber, Kania? he said with meaning. I think, she answered slowly, to one that is healthful, where he will recover. The man has wisdom, she added, as though in explanation. Moreover, having the words from the mountain, to harm him would be dangerous." But why do you ask? He shrugged his shoulders. I tell you, I heard the death hounds bay, that is all. Yes, with you I think that he has wisdom, and the bee which seeks honey should suck the flower before it fades. Also, as you say, there are commands with which it is ill to trifle, even if we cannot guess their meaning. Then going to the door, he blew upon his whistle, and instantly I heard the feet of his servants upon the stairs. He gave them an order, and gently enough they lifted the mattress on which I lay, and followed him down sundry passages and past some stairs, into another chamber, shaped like that we had left, but not so large, where they placed me upon a bed. The guardian watched me a while to see that I did not wake. Next he stretched out his hand and felt my heart and pulse, an examination the results of which seemed to puzzle him, for he uttered a little exclamation and shook his head. After this he left the room, and I heard him bolt the door behind him. Then, being still very weak, I fell asleep in earnest. When I awoke it was broad daylight. My mind was clear, and I felt better than I had done for many a day, signs by which I knew that the fever had left me, and that I was on the right road to recovery. Now I remembered all the events of the previous night, and was able to weigh them carefully. This, to be sure, I did for many reasons, among them that I knew had been and still was in great danger. I had seen and heard too much, and this woman called Kania guessed that I had seen and heard. Indeed, had it not been for my hints about the symbol of life and the mount of flame, after I had discerned her first rage by my artifice, I felt sure that she would have ordered the old guardian or shaman to do me to death in this way or the other, sure also that he would not have hesitated to obey her. I had been spared partly because, for some unknown reason, she was afraid to kill me, and partly that she might learn how much I knew, although the death-hound that bade, whatever that might mean, Well, up to the present I was safe, and for the rest I must take my chance. Moreover, it was necessary to be cautious, and if need were, to feign ignorance. So, dismissing the matter of my own fate from my mind, I fell to considering the scene which I had witnessed, and what might be its purport. Was our guest at an end? Was this woman Aisha? Leo had so dreamed, but he was still delirious. Therefore, here was little on which to lean. What seemed more to the point was that she herself evidently appeared to think that there existed some tie between her and the sick man. Why had she embraced him? I was sure that she could be no wanton, nor indeed would any woman indulge for its own sake in such folly with a stranger who hung between life and death. What she had done was done because irresistible impulse... Born of knowledge, or at least of memories, draw her on. Though, mayhap, the knowledge was imperfect, and the memories were undefined. Who save Aisha could have known anything of Leo in the past? None who lived upon the earth today. And yet why not, if what Cohen, the abbot, and tens of millions of his fellow worshippers believed, were true? If the souls of human beings were in fact strictly limited in number? and became the tenants of an endless succession of physical bodies, which they changed from time to time, as we changed our worn-out garments. Why should not others have known him? For instance, the daughter of the pharaohs, who caused him through love to break the vows that he had vowed, knew a certain Calicratus, a priest of Isis, whom the gods cherish and the demons obey. Even Amenartas, the mistress of magic, Oh, now a light seemed to break upon me, a wonderful light. What if Amenartas and this Cania, this woman with royalty stamped on every feature, should be the same? Would not that magic of my own people that I have, of which she wrote upon the sherd, enable her to pierce the darkness of the past, and recognize the priest whom she had bewitched to love her, snatching him out of the very hand of the goddess? What if it were not Aisha, but Aminartus reincarnate, who ruled this hidden land, and once more sought to make the man she loved break through his woes? If so, knowing the evil that must come, I shook even at its shadow. The truth must be learned, but how? Whilst I wondered, the door opened, and the sardonic, inscrutable old-faced man, whom this Kania had called magician, and who called the Canianes, entered and stood before me. End of chapter 6